brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's always good to have good stuff on your resume, though, right? It's I, an attention getter. Yeah. Oh, if, if I see that come across my desk, I'm like, oh, you have a nice. You're gonna GPS. take another look. Absolutely. <laughs> see how well that worked out for me. And you're also involved with a place called Caliente Spa and Resorts. So today you're gonna tell us about the benefits of clothing optional. There are so many. All right. Well, let's start with the best benefit that you have found in uh, your experience with this. The feeling of complete acceptance in the skin you are in. I feel like right now in my life, um, I'm married, Rachel is still single, that I still have uh, good nudity going on. And I'm sure you understand what good nudity and bad nudity is. There is both, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, and what I mean by that is my wife, I can still walk around with maybe my shirt off and my wife doesn't look at me and question her life choices. Well, that's good for you. Yes, definitely. Well, good for both <laughs> of us, I would think. The thing about the nudist lifestyle and the resorts and such are when you're not at your peak, it's okay for them to peak because nobody cares when you're in that environment. All body shapes are really okay, whatever. I'll just relax and stop worrying about it. On the phone with us right now, Deb Bowen. She's a clothing optional expert talking with us today. Definitely in an atmosphere like yours, I think people are very uh, understanding of what they're getting in for. But from the people that are on the outside looking in, there's a lot of stigma, I think, involved in nudity. The first thing that comes to mind, Rachel, is probably like, it's it's a giant orgy. People are just everywhere having sex with one another. Yeah, Deb, uh, kind of pull back the curtain on the actual nudist lifestyle, what you could expect coming to one of your resorts where nudity is accepted. Well, you are correct. That is the number one problem that the, the nudist industry has is when people have never experienced any kind of nudity, first of all, other than in their own home. But I've been very fortunate working for Caliente Resort that I get to give tours of our resort to a lot of newbies or greenies, people who have never been, pardon the pun, exposed to the nudist lifestyle. And they all have the same concerns and the same questions. Um, I'm sure on the way to the resort, but they're always very worried about, oh, my God, what happens if I stare? Are people going to think badly of me? So the good thing is I like to tell them, first of all, we understand that you're human. Humans do look. Humans do, you know, giggle when Absolutely. they see things that make them nervous or uncomfortable. Nobody cares. Nobody's worried about that. We know that you're new, and it's just part of the human nature. So what I do is I take them out and put them by the pool, and I get them their first cocktail, and I say, just relax and enjoy yourself. You don't have to get naked. That's another thing. It's a beautiful clothing optional lifestyle versus nudist lifestyle. See, now you brought up up a beverage or, you know, alcohol, I would think, which probably eases people 
into a situation like that where they're well, clothing it would, optional. It would be the, the beverage of their choice. Right. Well, and that's an interesting um, an interesting thing about this is that there is a difference. And I didn't even realize that until you just said it, that clothing optional varies from nudist. Absolutely. There's actually three. What's the third? The naturist or naturalist. Oh, oh. do tell. They want to be naked. They don't want to shave their armpits or they don't want to, you know, conform to anything. They're going to be as God made them. They're naturists. Oh, Deb, so, that's that's where I would have to draw the line. <laughs> that's, yeah, good for you. That's the resort that's, I'm not you know going to. You do you. You do you. <laughs> the second is nudist. Right. And that is an environment where you are encouraged strongly to be completely nude. And the third would be your clothing optionalist, where you're allowed to dress at your own comfort level. So the good thing about it is nobody cares what you wear, what you don't wear. Dress at your comfort level. A lot of women are more comfortable just going topless. Deb Bowen is on the phone with us. She is a clothing optional expert. Yeah, I feel like that women do that a lot more often, whether they're sunbathing uh, you know, or something like that. Because I actually have been to a, uh, they call it the European section of some of the Absolutely. pools. In, yeah, some of the pools in Vegas where nudity is completely acceptable. And you go in, and for a hot second, I'm sure your eyes are darting all over the place. But after a while, it's not like this giant, you know, sex romp you think it is when people are just, you know, walking around topless or whatever. It's just, it, it's completely normal. Exactly. And that's the response I get when I go back to check on the couple. Hey, you've been here for a while. Um, What do you think? And and they always generally say in one form or another that uh, they were so concerned about how they were going to react and, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And the wow factor came in when they realized after they had been sitting there and they were so comfortable that they got naked or topless or whatever that it was completely normal. It was completely natural. And the wow factor came when they realized they were not as shocked as they expected to be. Getting back to the health benefits of being naked, what are some of the ones that um, you've found have been most helpful for people that are going to a clothing optional resort? Sleeping. If you get such better, deeper, more relaxing sleep. I agree with that. that I, I, I do too. 100%. Yes. And you got to have good sheets, though. You can't have. Right. You can't have the scratchy sheets because yeah. that just brings well, you back really to the forefront. You can't have the scratchy sheets because that's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Deb Bowen on the phone with us right now. She is a lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Now, I'm wondering at some of these resorts, now humor me, if you will, because this is what I was thinking (laughs) of going through my mind, because a lot of resorts that you go to have activities, whether it's something as cheesy as a limbo contest or volleyball. volleyball. (laughs) Now, do you have these activities, but while in the nudist colonies, I guess you could say? I'm so excited to hear that you're a volleyball guy because volleyball is like one of the number one sports at nudist resorts or clothing option resorts. Oh, wow. Water, <laughs> Caliente has two pools specifically for water volleyball mm. and two courts specifically for sand volleyball with teams that come there to compete. Oh, wow. So you're going to fit right in. Well, I, yeah, when are you booking your vacation, Sean? I, I, well, here's the thing, though, <laughs> Rachel, and I think uh, you women should probably think about this more so than guys because we're basically, you know, SUVs of nudity. Is We just don't care how we run our bodies into the dirt. But sand volleyball, I would think, Deb, back me up on this, gets in a lot of places that sand is just – it always finds its way there. That, that to me, would be a little mm. – Well, it even does with your bathing suit on because – 
it does not block everything out. No, it so does not. All you do is you go in the pool, you pull your bathing suit aside, and you push around, and the sand's gone. It's so different. <laughs> the beautiful thing. Am I right? You're, no, you're 100% right. Anything that you would do at any resort in Vegas, Miami, California, you would find it Caliente. We have a fitness gym. We have aerobics classes. We have a spa. We have tennis courts and volleyball courts. All this is still nude, Deb. All these activities you're mentioning is clothing optional. As nude as you want to be. Now, Deb, when you were uh, giving your example of showing people around the resort, you mentioned a couple. Is that who typically goes to the resort? Is it couples or singles allowed? Is it discouraged? Let's say a band or a bus of single guys. Right, like a bachelor party. Exactly. That would never happen. That That's would never good to know. That, that makes but we do allow single guys and single girls, like I said, because they're all looking for someone else with similar interests. Deb Bowen is on the phone with us right now, a lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Do you get, um, like, celebrities that come down and do this sort of thing? Absolutely. Oh, are you allowed to mention celebrities? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you really think they'd want me to tell you? Well, I mean, like you said, some of them might be very upfront about it and not embarrassed about it as far well, as that goes or just would, private. But our policy and the nudist industry's policy is privacy. That's because true. believe me, we get police officers, we get judges, we get teachers, we get doctors, we get famous people. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that they don't mind going is because we're able to ensure their privacy. Now, I was now when it comes to famous people is let's say you've got all the Kardashian women down there. I mean, I would think that would be people would gawk a lot more than just if normal people were standing around just because of their celebrity. Sure. And they probably would post it on Twitter that they were there. So I wouldn't have to worry about telling anybody. That's true, too. Now, I have a question. (laughs) How does your cell phone policy work? Because it is uh, a clothing optional environment. How are you making sure that other guests that are at your resort that possibly don't want to be photographed in that state aren't photographed? Well, you do. uh, There are postings everywhere. We do have uh, security that keeps an eye on our resort all day, every day, 24 hours a day, day and night around the pool. It's kind of obvious when you're taking photographs. We do reserve the right to see what's in your phone. If we suspect that you could be taking photographs of guests, and if you refuse to show that, then uh, someone would be called to come out, and you would have to hand it over to an officer, and they would look through it and find out. Well, you guys seem to run a tight ship. That's for sure. Which is Deb. great yeah. because it is it Absolutely. is a, an environment where you're kind of you're putting yourself all out there, literally. Yeah. Sure. So it's good that you have the that kind of backup and security with uh, the resort. Well, Deb, I, Deb, I tell you what, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We've definitely learned a lot. That's Deb Bowen, lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. So, when are you uh, booking your trip? I think I'm going to stick with uh, more clothes than less clothes, personally, just for comfort level. And, you know, it's not because I'm worried about getting naked. I just don't necessarily want to see other people naked. That I don't have, you know, control over who that That's person like is. Like I said, it, there's always good naked, bad naked. There are some things you can't unsee. That's and true. I believe things at a clothing optional resort fall under that category. Yeah, they don't have rules or regulations as far as that goes. I, if I was running a resort, there would be the good naked section and the bad naked section of the resort. And that's why you don't run a resort. You know, the Bengals' uh, 1 o'clock kickoff tomorrow, I will tell you why you should not give up on their season just yet.
Why are you looking at me like that? Because I gave up on this season about two weeks ago. Hear me out. That's coming up next on 700 WLW. Seven hundred WLW, Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott, on what I consider the perfect radio weather. If you've been, if you looked outside today, where else are you going to go? You're either in your car, or you're inside. Yeah, there is nowhere else to be, except if you're, unless you're at the mall, which it looks like most of the tri-state is right now. We have an excellent view, a vista of Kenwood, and it is <laughs> nothing but brake lights and cars. That's so. why I'm glad I'm in here. Exactly, I'm not going over there. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit disappointed in in you, Rachel, because. You know, the Bengal season obviously hasn't gone uh, good, we'll say that. Remember, uh, I think it was about four weeks ago, maybe it was even five weeks ago, when mm-hmm. I said you are setting yourself up for failure when you called a playoff victory. Remember that? Still calling for it. I know you're shaking your head. You know why? Well, I'll give you three, I'll give you three reasons, as a matter of fact, why you should still relish in this Bengal season. All right, third, we'll go three to one on this. Okay. Going up to Cleveland and riding that wrong, first of all, all right, that was just, I don't know what that was, a complete and utter debacle and dumpster fire. But what if you don't? See? You're always in the glass half empty. Half full with me here, all right? Treat treat this like you treat your bourbon, all right? Full (laughs) glass. All right, number two, the Bengals could actually be spoilers in the final week up at Heinz Field against the Steelers. You beat the Steelers and you knock them out of the playoffs because that's the way they're trending right now. That would be a good season for the Bengals. I'm sorry. But, but aren't, isn't it also kind of the history would tell us that we would get to that game. We could be the people to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. And then miraculously, last minute, Probably literally the last minute Ben Roethlisberger comes down the field and somehow throws a Hail Mary pass and we are, our hopes are dashed. No, because and they go on to victory and celebrate. And, you know, it's yeah, that, that's ba- what's going to happen. If the Bengals were actually playing for something by the time they got there, then I might agree with you, which kind of goes into my my number one reason, which is if the Bengals finish eight and eight. They're in the 12th spot right now as far as uh, your playoff position goes. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, they got quite a few to jump, but they hold tiebreakers, two of those three teams that are in front of them. So if they go 8-8 eight and eight and the rest of the league in the AFC does, does that as well, they're in the sixth slot in the playoffs. So your Cincinnati Bengals could be in the playoffs. So you're telling me if everything in the universe just happens to go right for the Bengals, we could still get into the playoffs. It's exactly what I just said to you. And it, well, when well, has that ever okay, happened? Think, all right, think about this. Okay. All right, the first week we had um, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Wasn't pretty. All right? I thought to myself, I even said, I'm like, ooh, th- this will be a change. This will be something to fire up the locker room. And it clearly it wasn't. I don't know why you do that. No, no. Here's my thing. I I am a fan. I love the Bengals. You know that. I really do. At the same time, I'm also a realist. So a couple weeks ago when everything started hitting the fan and there was that beautiful day of 60-degree weather, mm-hmm. 
That was the moment when I gave up on the Bengals. In you, that moment, I said to myself, you know what? This is the last nice day po- possibly of the year. I am not going to stay indoors and watch the Bengals lose again. You need to put the blinders on. All right? Because, t- well, tomorrow it's going to be phenomenal weather, first of all. You're playing uh, just an absolutely more abysmal team than the Bengals. That is in the, in the, the Raiders, only thing so they that, have going see? for them right now. And when they play it against the Chargers, who are looking like an amazing football team right now in the AFC, they actually held their own. And if not for that Jeff Driscoll touchdown being called back for a ridiculous rule, don't get me started on that, the Bengals, in theory, probably would have won that game if it played out the way that it did. You're still basing all of this you on said, an, here's the thing. an entirely perfect situation happening to the Bengals. That's I'm just the, saying but, that but that's, that's just not what they that's not what they're known for. They're not known for those perfect moments in a season. This is what upsets me about living in Cincinnati is that people are so quick to just give up and bail. When I, there's listen, there are I, stranger things that have happened in the NFL as far as teams getting into the playoffs. Last year, the Cincinnati Bengals Definitely helped out the Buffalo Bills, obviously, by knocking off the Ravens. So you're trying to tell me that good things don't happen to the organization when these kind of things pop up. I say nay. Something like this for the – now, granted, if this all works out and the way the rest of the teams are playing, it basically would look like the New England Patriots would be the three seed, the Bengals would be the six seed, and we would have to go to Gillette Stadium to play the Bengals, which would be an absolute lambs to the slaughter. I'm convinced of that. But, I mean, it's something to look forward to. Anything could happen. Listen, I am the person that was at game 162 at Great American Ballpark this year. I I stuck it out. What was going on there? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) But the point is, you can be a fan and know you're not going to have a winning season and be realistic about all of these things without going down a, you know, yellow brick road of gumdrops and rainbows and such nonsense. And alcohol, which usually (laughs) helps with any Bengals game. Yeah, you need a lot. Speaking of which, I'll be broadcasting from the Holy Grail tomorrow starting at uh, 1 o'clock, so... Make sure you stop on down there. Get some of that liquid courage in you. One o'clock kickoff, of course, you can listen to that What game. time am I going to see you Monday, do you think, after? A Bengals victory? <laughs> you won't see me Monday. I'm telling you. Just have faith. Okay. Everybody out there, put your money on the I Bengals right now. I want you right to be now. right. I want to say that right now. Put I your want kids, you college to be friends right. on the Bengals. Your mortgage on the – double down on your mortgage I w- don't with do the Bengals. That. Don't listen to him. All right, that's tomorrow, 1 o'clock kickoff. Rachel, what do we have coming up after news? We have the latest from Paris. We actually have uh, ABC News uh, calling in to tell us what's going on with the Yellow Vest protests. All right, that's coming up on 700 WLW. (music) 700 WLW. Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott with us. Coming up at 4.05, Cincinnati gets another failing grade in this. Not talking about our sports teams, by the way. I'm not saying anything. I, no, you just have that look of disappointment, much like the wife looks at me with much disappointment. <laughs> uh, changing gears, though, and joining us uh, from France, Tom Rivers from ABC News. Tom, are you there? Yep, I hear you guys loud and clear. Excellent. Now, Tom, uh, the Yellow Vest protests are not getting a ton of coverage in the States. So can you just take us through kind of the background of the Yellow Vest Yeah, let's go back. It began in mid-November, kind of the straw 
that broke the camel's back was a uh, levy, a new levy on a gallon of gasoline here, about 30 cents, and was supposed to be graduated so that would increase over every six-month period. Um, and, of course, uh, the French are highly, highly taxed already. Of course, we go back to 2008. Since then, everything's been stagnant as far as uh, economic growth for most people. And they just got fed up and they got angry. And they see President Macron as, in essence, a, uh, a, pre- a president for the bankers. So they, they went and started protesting. They put on these yellow vests because under French law, you have to carry one in your trunk. So everybody has one. So uh, it became their uniform, if you will. And uh, it's been, you know, it's been growing for about three weeks, and it's been tailing off now. Uh, the president, if he, if you will, had some concessions. Uh, that was on Monday. And uh, the numbers are down. They were down substantially on the streets today here in Paris. Uh, and we'll see what shakes out. Of course, it was very cold. It started to rain at the end. Uh, the holidays are coming up. We'll see if this thing is going to pick up. I, I talked to some of the people on the Champs-Élysées who said that, uh, yeah, they're going to kind of take it easy over the holiday, but in January they're coming back. They say uh, they're going to uh, continue this fight. So we'll have to wait and see if this thing carries on. Now, this is the fifth week, and it's had some um, kind of economic downfalls for Paris in terms of their shopping. What is the amount of money that, mm-hmm. that Paris has lost out to tourism due to this? Yeah, exactly. In fact, some of the retailers here, if they compared, I don't have it for today, but looking back at last Saturday, comparing that Saturday to 12 months ago, uh, business was down here in the center of Paris by about 20%. So that's a big hit. You know, as you well know, uh, they move a lot of things through uh, the stores this time of year and you get a 20% hit. That's not good. Uh, There were fewer protesters uh, this weekend, but... Was there any violence associated with the protest? There was last week, but what about this week? Yeah, last week there was uh, considerably more. There was some very, very uh, sporadic, if you will, scuffles. Um, they opened the water cannon once or twice up by the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, over at the, uh, the Paris Opera House, they had a few scuffles there as well. But it was pretty, it was pretty low-key. And if you look at the numbers, there was something like eight and a half to 9,000 police on the streets here. So uh, every protester had three cops. So uh, you knew something was going to be pretty well contained today, and that was the case. Now, uh, Tom Rivers, ABC News, joining us on the phone from uh, Paris, France. Now, Tom, I guess is the government concerned that with uh, – because he basically you know, took back what he said as far as raising the taxes go – so mm-hmm. if, if that's the case, it, when it's a mob mentality like that, is the government worried that it's just going to keep getting worse and worse when decisions are made that aren't very popular, obviously, that the uh, that these protests will keep popping up like this? Yeah, I think there was a big concern of, of Macron. And, uh, again, he called for calm uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, the, the question, I guess, is – How did that is, go over? <laughs> Well, not too well. I mean, people people are not going to uh, abide by what he says. But as I say, there is there, there are a number of reasons why the numbers are going down. And uh, as I say, we're going to see is this is this a movement that is now on the wane, or will it raise itself up? Maybe we get into the middle of January again. Who knows? Watch his face. 
Uh, now, this is mostly um, a kind of working class French people, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any sense that, like you said, that this is becoming more of almost a political movement rather than just a protest? You know, that's a great question. We may be seeing the evolution right now because there are no, quote unquote, leaders of this movement. It's right mostly now. social media based, right? It is. You're absolutely right. And in essence, if you want to break it all down, what it really is, and it goes back many, many decades, if you go back maybe to the mid-70s, in fact, uh, the wealth gap has been increasing here as it's been increasing in most Western countries, including the U.S., the rich, the 1%, if you want to use that, the elites, they're raking it in. And at some stage the straw will break the camel's back. And that's what's happened here in mid-November in France. People are ticked off. It's just like in the U.K., where I'm normally working from. You've got many, many multinationals, and, of course, the tax laws go from the floor to the ceiling. They get the best tax accounts in. Many CEOs and multinationals in the U.K. pay zero, zero pounds, zero dollars in the year. The guy cleaning the toilets, in many of these large companies, pay more tax than the CEO. Wow. That's got to stop at yeah. some stage. And I think that realization, the penny dropped here in France about five weeks ago. It is being realized in other countries as well. Now, Macron had his prime minister do a lot, uh, initially dealt with this mostly, and he was kind of late to the game in addressing the protests themselves. How is he faring amongst the French people? Uh, the prime minister or the president? The president and his lack of involvement with the protests. Yeah, uh, his numbers are pretty are pretty bad. Uh, another, a week ago, his uh, approval ratings were down about 18%. Uh, you can't get any lower than that. And uh, you think back when I covered the election here, it was 18 months ago, relatively recently. And a lot of people voted for him, although he had never served in any office anywhere. A young man, um, they says, well, we better go with him because they didn't want Marine Le Pen. They're worried about populism uh, taking root here in France. So many people, if you will, took a punt, took a, took a run on Macron and said, let's let him have it for a while. And I think there's a lot of buyer remorse right now with Macron in the country. And how he can he can claw back from uh, those terrible terrible approval ratings? It's 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 going to be very very difficult indeed. Tom Rivers, ABC News. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Well, there you go. I wonder though, because I was you know talking to you about this before. If there's a case where this escalates to like a vote of no confidence, like the Prime Minister of England just had as well. So when you get to something like that. I would imagine that would be the case, because obviously if you're rich in this situation, you don't care. Six, right. this, seven... is, this is kind of, uh, to, to simplify it, very in its simplest form, it's kind of like the flyover states revolting against the East Coast and West Coast. If you, if, you, know. you Rappers? Are we... No, no, no. Oh, Just I thought East Coast, West Coast rap. Like okay. flyover states. That's that, what I think the of. center of this, except in France. So you have your, your blue-collar workers, your union workers, people that... Uh, really put in a lot of hours and are getting taxed excessively. And they, like Tom said, they're not 
um, the inflation versus their rate of pay, it's not matching up. So now they've had it. And that's why um, Le Pen almost won the election about 18 months ago. So now, like he said, buyer's remorse. But she was their version of Donald Trump. Just think, if you had to pay 6 or $7 a gallon in gas, you would probably have to go make up free. Oh, yeah, I would I would protest in the streets, too. Interesting side note. Uh, apparently, uh, feminist protesters were protesting topless. I forgot to ask Tom about that. But that that's was why France is one of my favorite political uh, countries in the world. Uh, coming up next, uh, we'll find out what's trending with Rachel coming up on WLW. Yeah. So we're going to steal from everybody else's. Oh, I like this. I like this. Should we kick it off then? Yes. All let's. right. Trending topic number three. Three. Ted Pelkey had enough. He's a business owner in Vermont. Okay. And he was kind of getting uh, messed around by the local city government concerning permits having to do with his garage, which is his business. So after failed attempts to make nice, he decided to throw it all in a giant dumpster fire by erecting a middle finger statue that weighs 700 pounds up on a 16-foot pole right outside the city. Freedom of speech, right? Isn't that where that goes? I guess it falls under. I mean, when you when you get to that point, oh, you who cares? At that point, you've reached rock bottom, and I, especially that much money you're throwing in into something like that. Four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars he spent on this statue. My favorite part, though, it's good work too. I've seen it. <laughs> if you want to see it, it's on Scott Sloan's blog. But we, I mean. The level of petty. You got to respect the level of petty that's involved in this. It's, I mean, it's almost a childlike quality, I guess. To be that committed to the cause. No, because you had to plan this out. You probably had to hire somebody to do the work for you. So this didn't happen on a whim. This was like, all right, I have $4,000 or he priced it out. No, this is a well-made giant middle finger. Absolutely. It's anatomically correct. This it doesn't is. look like a cartoon or a Mickey Mouse hand. This is a uh, this is a very strong, solid flipping of the bird. It has creases the in bird. the knuckles. Yeah. Even. That's how realistic it is. It was very well done by that man. Good for him. Let's move on here. Trending topic number two. MLS Cup. He was probably watching the video that that goes along with this. Uh, MLS Cup was taken for its first lap dance. Thanks to Atlanta United, who got the cup uh, early earlier um, this year after they won the championship. So after they took the cup to the uh, victory parade downtown Atlanta, they then took it to the most infamous strip club in Atlanta, which is Magic City. So, oh, I went to I've been to Tattletales in Atlanta. And you went to the second best. If that, I think Cheetahs was like Atlanta. there at the time. But this is why I'm starting to enjoy soccer a lot more is because the, the wow factor for them, because it used to just be a real snoozer for me. But stuff like this, when you're starting to be like an, ex- an exciting sport to watch on and off the field. You're trying it, to get street cred when absolutely. you're doing this. You, you, you want to level up, so to speak. Get into that Stanley Cup vibe because the Stanley Cup's infamous. Everybody has a go with the Stanley sure. Cup. So of course you gotta you gotta you know show you gotta up your hip, cup. Well, yeah you gotta hip up the soccer cup because I'll be honest yeah. with you the MLS cup to me I was like that really doesn't ha- really not a lot on riding on it as far as that goes but now when you start to do stuff like this guess what other teams now that win the MLS cup are gonna try and one up Atlanta and keep taking Absolutely. it to more exotic places. Absolutely. All right, let's find out number one. 
Trending topics number one. My favorite video of the week has to be the disgruntled Walmart employee quitting over the intercom. Now, we can't play the actual audio because, well, the FCC wouldn't let us. A lot of F-bombs being dropped. But it's great. I, I mean, I have to say, like, I'm a little envious of this kid. Have you ever gotten to quit a job well, like that? Well, if you consider not showing up on time, sleeping in, no-call, no-shows as an epic way to quit a job or actually just being fired from a job, then sure. But for him to do something like this, I'm jealous because there were plenty of jobs that you I, wanted ab- to do that. That I yeah. absolutely hate it. But quite frankly, I didn't have the cojones mm-hmm. to do something this big. What about you? First job in radio. Uh, I was working with a morning team that was a, it was on a pop station. And I was their producer. They got into a little bit of a fight in studio. Um, Physical or just verbal? Physical. And eventually my female co-host stabbed the uh, male co-host with a pin in the face. And he started bleeding. We all got called in to the GM's office. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Back it up for one second here. So this escalates to where uh, the host or the male or whatever in the, the room. The woman stabs the guy with a pen. In the face. In the face. All right. So what What stopped it? Like, like oh, that's too much now. Somebody's been stabbed in the face. Yes, because she was trying to, I guess, stab him somewhere else and didn't really mean to stab him, although she was trying uh, and ended up getting him in the face because, you know, most other than you, most of, of us radio people aren't athletically gifted. So even Thank someone you. coming out a, at you with a pin, you you know, you're trying to duck and dodge. It's just not going to happen for you. So we get all, we all get called into the GM's office. And I'm sitting between them, obviously, because they just had a physical altercation. Sure, you get stabbed in the He's face. He's screaming. My male, co- my male host is screaming at the GM. I'm bleeding. I'm effing bleeding. You have to do something about this. Uh, the female co-host has realized how incredibly screwed we all are and is starting to scream cry. You know scream crying, Oh, right? I know that one. And she's sobbing hysterically. You can't make out what she's saying, but she's – you can guess that it's it's his fault, right? But I'm just sitting there in the middle, quiet, and my GM looks at me and he says, Rachel, what happened? And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Well, wait a minute. You're and that taking, is how I quit. Listen, you're taking credit for something you didn't even do. I was excited for a second. I thought maybe you were the girl that stabbed the guy in the face. And I'm like, that pretty much what. And I would not put it past you, by the way, <laughs> to stab someone in the face. There is a level of crazy in radio that I saw that day that even I couldn't even stop contend with. Are you telling me that there's nobody in this building that is probably at some point in time in your mind? You have either stabbed them in their face or... Oh, I do that daily, I but I say. don't actually do it. I just do it in my mind. That's all. I keep my emotions... Now I want to know who this is. I know you're not you're not supposed to say them on the air, but chances are we probably know this person. I'll tell you off air. That, But here's the thing. From that guy's standpoint, a very interesting story about the scar in his face. Because I would... You'd almost wear that like a badge of honor because the story is so outlandish and ridiculous because... And I have no idea how that show ended because that was my last day. I would say say it ended like that. I never came back. So I don't know if they they continued on for a couple of months or what, but I just, I quit right then and there. You have definitely had 
some kind of career in radio already. Well, you know, uh, there's an old saying that you meet everyone in radio either when they're coming up or they're going on their way back down. And that that duo, they were going down. I would say. That's a safe bet. So, yeah. I know at least one of them doesn't work in radio. Thankfully, anymore. Coming up just after 4 o'clock. Once again, Cincinnati giving a horrible grade. We'll find out what that's about coming up on 700 WLW. Seven hundred WLW. Rachel Elliott, Sean Kelly with you today till six o'clock tonight. Oh, I love Motorhead. I know somebody deleted all of our bumpers, and by all of our bumpers, I mean the bumpers I selected that you didn't really have any part of. But I worked really hard to put that list together, I and wonder somebody who did deleted it. it. It wasn't me. <laughs> All right, let's talk about these bad grades, Cincinnati. They've been getting as of late. An ESPN outside the lines investigation. Food service at Reds Bengal Stadium fails. <laughs> as in miserably fails. Yeah, really bad. All right, listen to some of this stuff. At uh was this at yeah, Paul Brown Stadium findings included mouse feces. There was bad food prep, dirty surfaces. Uh, now, here's the thing. Bad prep, dirty food surfaces. Like, I can almost kind of just. That's kind of expected at a yeah. ballpark because it's not a restaurant. It's a ballpark unless you go to the one of the fancy establishments. The one that concerned me, obviously, that stuck out, and I think would stick out with anybody, is when they put the term mouse feces in a report. That is so terrifying. Well, it's. I mean, that's at Paul Brown Stadium, and I, I don't know about you, it has nothing to do with the simple fact that I'm just lazy. And if you're going to a Bengals game, I get a beer and that's it. I always eat before I go. It's not a matter of like whether I do or I don't like the food and I'm thinking about stuff like that. It's like I, I just. This is the one time my gluten intolerance works for me because I can't eat any concession stand food anyway. Okay. So I'm in the clear on this. Well, but here's the I thing. I feel bad though. for the rest of you. But. You don't go to a lot. Of Bengals games, but on the other end of the spectrum, you spend a lot of time, and I by that I mean probably three quarters of your waking hours at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> That's unfortunately true. Which yes. did not did not unfortunately escape the investigation from ESPN. But it did slightly better. Uh, the overall rankings, Great American Ballpark was seventy uh, eighth, and I think uh, Paul Brown was eighty third. So Something he's like slightly that. better. Look at the positives, right? You're well, telling me you'd be positive about stuff. Well, Great American Ballpark and another it's like this is like I'm like, eh, okay. They would keep old food overnight and serve it the next day. Like, I don't know about you, but any college student out there could tell you that listen, I've got a burrito, I've got something that may have sat out all night. I throw it in the microwave. <laughs> if if you put some heat behind it, I think I think it the antibodies the that your body yeah. creates will probably fend off any kind of, uh, you know, sickness that you might get from this. Yeah. So something like that, I'm kind of I, like, I, okay. I feel that maybe Paul Brown deserved the ranking it got. I think, and it's not just me being, a, you know, super homer for the Reds. I think Great American Ballpark got a bad rap for no, for not much of a reason. I mean, it's based on... The dishwasher not getting hot enough. Their dishwashers only go to 120 instead of like 180, 180 or something. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, well, I, I'm not freaking out about that. Well, I can I'm say this, and I that? think a lot of people can agree with this. Mm-hmm. The experience that you get going to Great American Ballpark and the experience that you get going to Paul Brown Stadium, completely different. I mean, Paul Brown Stadium is uh, basically the way it was designed is a, a, a giant cement structure. There's no real um, appeal as far as that goes. It's very just... It's not warm and inviting. That's no, what you're trying to say. Great yes. American Ballpark has all sorts of restaurants and all sorts of different fan experiences to get you in there. So t- to me, I I would definitely attend, obviously, a lot more Reds games than I do Bengals games. There's only eight Bengals games a year and 82, whatever it is, as far as the Reds go, 81. I will still be getting my bacon on a stick at Great American Ballpark. Even, even though, knowing all this. Even knowing, Yes. Because that's my thing. That's why I always get there. Did you ever work in any kind of service industry? I did not. I did retail instead. I feel that you should have to work both. I worked I worked in a uh, as a line chef, like prep, at a place called Ford Aft. It was on uh, River Road. It sank years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with me, I promise you okay, that. Okay, okay. But, I, I mean, I can remember that they would tell you, like, all right, this has to be cleaned with a, you know, a bleach-type mixture to make sure you scrub the cutting board. And all these other things. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want, like, like traces of bleach on your food. So it was either one extreme or the next. You either I have a very, very, very clean service that might affect the food or you have maybe some bacteria that grows overnight. That might, I mean, either way, to me, in my mind, I was just like, I don't want to eat any of this. It's, it's a very, I don't know. People do the job, and I get it. But at the same time, there's a lot of restrictions for, for very good reasons. But listen, I'm sorry. Kids put stuff in their mouths all the time that they pick up off the ground. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world if a surface isn't spotless or clean or 100% bacteria-free. That's just my opinion on that. You don't want me probably as a health inspector. No, but, I mean, I, I at least on the for the stuff that Great American Ballpark was cited for, I'm with you. I mean, it's not that major that... I would be concerned about eating it. the mouse stuff at the, you know, sure, Brown, you that's know, a little, that's a little extreme. Anytime, I'm going to worry about that. Yeah. Anytime you throw the word feces into some kind of report having to do with food, that definitely stands out as opposed to, well, the dishes weren't clean to, you know, 180 degrees. They were only at 120 degrees. So something like that, as far as that goes, it's, I think you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Like that's not really something that I'm going to look at, but you're definitely going to pay attention because this report comes out with the last home game coming tomorrow with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I guarantee you, in some way, shape, or form, this would probably make people think twice. But here's another thing. As far as draft lines go, like I've worked in the bar industry, and those aren't exactly cleaned all the time either. As someone that's worked in retail, especially I worked on retail on Michigan Avenue when I was in college. What kind of... I worked at Urban Outfitters. Actually. I know that, but I'm saying like, Here, no, okay, go ahead. people, people try on clothes without undergarments all the time. Oh yeah. So well, how does that get, how would that get tested though? It, it wouldn't be, be like tested. I'm just saying, I'm just telling people mm. this happens. You think you're safe. You're not safe anywhere. That's what I'm trying to tell people. Oh, so like, I'm just trying to ruin your day. Well, right no, now. like people I would say who are, who have like really bad eczema or something on their body and they're trying on shirts. Now you're trying on maybe the same shirt, and it has DNA on it, so to speak. I once saw a woman walk out of a dressing room topless because she was trying on a skirt, and she had no undergarments on, but she was trying on the skirt. 
So Why would she walk out topless, though? Because she was wearing a dress when she went in, so there was nothing to cover up with. Hmm. It's an interesting story. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to put things into perspective for people. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Would you cut your arm off or a, an arm or a leg or a foot, something this like going that? going somewhere dark. No, something that you needed and that you used every day for $100,000. No. You wouldn't? No. All right. Well, you're not going to have to do something like that. But for you, it's probably damn near close to that. All right. More about that coming up on 700 WLW. Housing Law. Seven hundred WLW. Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott, with you till six o'clock tonight. This is going to be something very near and dear to your heart, Rachel. Something that you probably the closest thing to a child, I think, that you have right now in your life. Your phone. I hope not, because I drop that a lot, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> your phone is pretty much your everyday connection to the universe, not only for work. But Mostly for work. Sh- but. Well, and shopping. I would go 50-50. Okay, the shopping, that is true because those shopping apps have come a million miles from the beginning of smartphones. Well, it's just you're so literally great. probably two or three touches away from buying shoes, I would say. Yes, and how many times a day would do I show you shoes? Like different <sighs> shoes I want. A lot. I don't know why you've... I mean, I I'll sit there and nod my head. I've designated you the person I go to for fashion advice. How did that happen? Could you... Get rid of your phone for one hundred thousand dollars, and I and I had said this before. It's kind of like, I mean, cutting off an appendage because your phone is constantly in your hand for the job that you do, whether you're at Great American Ballpark, whether you're in studio, or even at home. I would love to be able to do this. One hundred thousand dollars. Vitamin Water is putting that up to somebody if they can go an entire year without their phone. Which, I would do it. I'm, I ha- like you said, I have to have it for my job, but. When there are weekends, there are these great weekends where sometimes I just shut my phone off. I have two phones, too. I just don't I don't have just one. I have two iPhones and I shut them off and I just don't do like I just don't no do shopping, any, no, no sho- nothing, no shopping, no social media. It's so great. It's so great. I, I don't even you know, uh, a lot of people uh, that contact me from work are, are welcome to contact me from work. There are a lot of people that aren't also. Welcome to contact. You block me. those numbers, you know. Uh, you can't because you, there's people that have. I get it. I call there, too much. Fine. There, there was a point during today that you tried to FaceTime me and I called Not you back. Not in a, like a weird way. I was I just called sitting you on back. my couch. I called you back. My first question was, did you FaceTime me on purpose? You said yes. And yes. I said, what do you want? <laughs> Rude. Uh, You can also participate in this from home. 1-800-843-2441. Pound 700 on your uh, AT&T phone. Now, here's the way you think about this. An entire year you have to go. All right. You're allowed like a laptop or something to use as far as that goes. They'll even give you like a 1996 uh, era cell phone to use. So you're not going to be in total miscommunication. You're just not going to have the convenience of instant access to your Twitter, text messages, Facebook, Snapchat, all those apps. Amazon, whatever shoe app that you use. I use a couple. I think this is great. They're trying to break the cycle of obsessive smartphone usage, which is a legitimate problem. But um, what about the people that don't carry cell phones still? There still are. My father-in-law is very much like that. There's a man that works on this station. It took him many, many years to get onto the smartphone train. Does his name ride with Billy? 
No, it does not. Really? Steve Summers. Oh, okay. He did not have a cell phone for years, years and years. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I could be getting the story wrong. He only finally got one after something happened to his car, either a blown out tire or something. And had to walk like seven miles in the dark because obviously with his shift, he gets gets in here late, gets out of here late. And that finally convinced him to get a cell phone. But I don't think it's still a smartphone. I think it's a, like, flip phone of some sort. He found one somewhere. (laughs) I don't know how they even activated that. We are so in bed with technology, especially with our job here. You're expected to tweet 24 hours a day, Facebook, you know, retweet, all this other stuff you're supposed to do. So if you take that, your phone, out of the equation on your way to $100,000, at the end of the year, you'll have to take a lie detector test. As far as proof that you didn't break any of the laws and bylaws. And I'm sure there's a huge amount of paperwork that vitamin water would make you sign for this. But if you choose to bow out after six months, that's a cool $10,000. Which to me, I'm just like, you've gone six months. Yeah, you should get more than don't 10000 Don't leave $90,000 on the table. Yeah, that's that's the kind of person I am. I would not be able to leave 90000 on the table after getting halfway through. So I would be able to commit for the whole year. I would love to be able to do that. I just can't see somebody like you i would bet against you as far as being able to do it and i think that would be a pretty good bet on my part as far as getting something out of it where they'll lose this money and i think they would lose this money very easily would be for somebody like like my parents for instance who have never really had to worry about being tied to their phones like people like us are nowadays well is there is there only one winner or can you can multiple well here's people? what you're supposed to do you're supposed to work? you're supposed to submit to their website by January the 8th and uh, to share a, a you know a photo on Twitter or Instagram showing what you would do instead of scrolling through your phone which whatever could be anything I'm sure and they're not going to have multiple people because so wait they want you to use your smartphone to tell people how you're not going to use your smartphone yes genius okay go on so Obviously, it's only going to be one person because they're only going to put $100,000 on the table once. They're not going to have 10 people competing for it. And But what if you have 10 people that actually make it? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. They're only picking one. They're only picking one. Right. So out of all the people that vitamin That's water lame. are exposed to, yeah. they're going to pick one person to do this for. And trust you me, they're not going to pick somebody that's like... You know, no, they're picking a twenty-one year old. old. Yes, yeah. that is somebody that they picking. know are going to crumble like after three months. They won't because... make it. They will, yeah, exactly. They won't make it to the six-month mark even. Because I mean, like I said, I'm not that tied to my phone. So I, in my mind, I think, all right, I could definitely do the six months, especially in the winter. Because there's, I mean, not in the winter. Excuse me, the spring and the summer. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot more you could be doing to keep you away from your phone in those months. What would really hit you is when fall starts to hit, and then winter. And you're stuck inside on days like this, and you've watched everything you can watch on Netflix. You can't tweet angry tweets about the Bengals no, either. No, you can't. Know. Well, especially in this city, not a lot of people would survive. No. But let's say you're in like a winning city, like a New England and stuff in the middle of winter. That, that would still be a reason to tweet, and it would be hard to keep yourself from doing that. And what's the – I'm trying to think what the taxes on 100000 would be. You wouldn't nec- That's not $100,000 cash. I think you would end up with maybe $75,000 or, or something like that maybe. Is you it would really worth it then? For an, that's the sad thing. That's where we are in our lives, that you're saying to yourself, $75,000 isn't really worth my time to be more productive, probably. I don't know about productive. I you just, could do, I mean, you could do an online course and earn some kind of certificate or some kind of degree with all the time. 
Because I don't know about you. I look on my um, iPhone has that app now where it tells you how much screen time you've spent on your day. Oh, did you set you've set that up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did not. And as of well, because you're just scared. As of right now, my screen time has been two and a half hours already today. I know yesterday I spent 50 minutes alone on Instagram. What was you see? But that's what I'm saying. It's like, all right, can I get rid of two and a half hours a day for one hundred thousand dollars? When you do the math, it sounds easy. But here's the thing: you're when you're when you have that screen time, you're also multitasking. At least when we're doing what we're doing, you know, we're we're on our phones during broadcasts half the time, looking up either facts or right. But how great kibble, would that be? As they like to call it. How great would that be to tell the company, like, listen, I can't. Sorry, I'd love to. Bro. I'd love to work. Love but to do that for you, man. Vitamin Waters offered me $100,000 to do this. What are you going to come to the table with? <laughs> we know the answer to that. Yeah, they'd be like, do you want a job? <laughs> yes, yes, I would like a job, please. Okay, then I think we have our answer. So that would be the reason why nobody in this company or nobody in radio or television would survive this. So, yeah, a 21-year-old would probably be the ideal person that they would grab for this, which is unfortunate, though. Because you want to see – I like to see people win this money. I, I would love to see someone win this. If they would actually choose somebody at random, per se, and they selected like a 67-year-old you, you know, woman from you know, Dayton, Ohio to do it. I, I feel like there's also a lot of people in the world that would love the opportunity, much like myself, to have this as an excuse to drop their phone. Like Rocky Boyman, I could see him trying to do this too. I think he would survive on it, though. That guy's trust me. Rocky Boyman's waiting for the apocalypse. Oh yeah, he doesn't want any any kind of technology in his life. It's an inconvenience, and it gets in his way. Yeah, he's he that's and he's he and I both like to just go places where there's no cell phone service, so that we can't be bothered. We still have our phone, but it doesn't work. So, you know, then you have the pleasant excuse of saying, "Yeah, sorry, you know, I was out in the wilderness and I couldn't get back to you." <laughs> I was in my shed building bowls. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't get to my phone. I'm well, not that far along on my, my wilderness journey yet. That well, I'm crafting if, bowls out of logs. And he does that with his bare hands. I know he does. If uh, you are interested in doing this and trying uh, for your shot at $100,000, uh, what do you have to lose at that point? Um, it's due by January the 8th. Just check out Vitamin Waters' website and a panel of judges. I'm sure we'll get back to you in a timely manner. No, well, who doesn't want to give away $100,000 quicker? What do we have coming up next? You're asking me? I well, Look at me. I've got ADD. Well, we, we have uh, the latest on the controversy concerning Miss USA, how she stepped in it again. Okay. So we have that coming up. All right. Coming up on 700 WLW. <laughs> 700 WLW. Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott with you. Till 6 o'clock tonight. Quite simply, one of the greatest bands in the universe, the Foo Fighters. Absolutely. You know, David Grohl recently uh, bought a bunch. He's got a barbecue business out in California and uh, donated a bunch of that food to all the firefighters that were battling all those uh, uh, fires out there recently. It's good He's for the him. nicest guy in rock and roll. He might be. Not might. He is. He probably is. Probably is. What is your uh, What is your middle name, by the way? Can you get? Will you? Do you have a middle name or Morrison after Jim? Oh, really? So it'd be like if your mother would yell at you, she would. Would she use all three names? No, she never has, no. and she does not need to yell. She Just has a, look. She has a glare. 
The apple does not fall far from the tree, by the way, <laughs> as far as that goes. Yeah, I've been told that I also, too, have a look that uh, speaks volumes without a single word being said. You are going to make some man very, very nervous one day. <laughs> um, the uh, oh, Miss USA, her name is Sarah Rose Summers, which I could definitely hear her mom yelling for. She was a Miss Nebraska. And now she is Miss USA, and I, apparently she's in some hot water, you were saying. Yeah, she uh, filmed a video um, with Miss, I, I believe it was Miss Columbia and Miss Australia. And Miss Columbia posted the video. Um, so I think we have the audio, so we'll just play the audio. Miss Cambodia is here and doesn't speak any English, and not a single other person speaks yeah. her language. Can you imagine? Like, Francesca said that that would be so isolating, and I said yes, I mean, and just confusing all the time. You at least have other, I mean, you do speak great English, yeah. and you but have, you have other Spanish. Spanish. And it's yeah, it's like Spanish speakers. She Brazil is. doesn't speak English. But there are other but women that speak Yeah, but she speaks Portuguese. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. For Cambodia. I lost brain cells listening to that, but that, I, that is sounds what like she the said. Worst, the worst fly-on-the-wall conversation to ever witness. I, now, Miss, Miss, Miss uh, Columbia was part of that video. Right. She's referenced in the video. She was the one that posted the video claiming that uh, our dear Summer Rose, Miss USA, was a bully and condemning the marks as racist and bigoted. <sighs> Valerie Morales. Well, uh, but this could just be this could just be pageant backstabbing to some well, uh, you know, catty women, sure. Yeah. But here's the thing. In the current environment right now, everybody is always looking for something to get over on you. Whether it's whether it's just socially in general or if it's a, a contest like this. But at the end of the day, if if you're Miss USA, I mean I hate to say this, there is a standard that you have to uphold. I don't know what that standard would be, but right. you you should know better, I think, in those situations, right? Definitely, but you can't seem to trust any of these girls, unfortunately, to just not step in it. And that's what she did. She stepped right in it and opened up the and, – and granted, sure, Miss Morales had her hand in putting this out to the world and calling her out and making this a huge viral sensation – but maybe that's kind of the point. Like, just get rid of the pageants because they don't bring any positivity. They're supposed to. They're supposed to reward women for their works in the community and uh, get them scholarships to go to college. That's what they're supposed to be. Oh, hey, I, don't roll your eyes at me. I I'm know, just, but I'm just selling on. you the shtick they put up on the website for these girls. This is a scholarship contest. So, it is? Yeah, supposedly. So why, if it's such a controversial thing and these girls can't, like I said, not step in it, why are we still doing it? There's well, always something going on with one of these people. Can I know? break it down to just barbaric terms as far as my opinion goes? I think people, men and women, like to see pretty girls on television. Period. Case closed. Yeah, but the, that's why we have reality TV shows. We do. We do. But when this you know, first started... Before reality television, it was basically that, a showcase. Now, you could sit there and you can argue the fact if you want about this is supposed to be, you know, uh, talent and, you know, intelligence and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're intelligent or you're not. When they were doing the bathing suit competition, 
Nobody cared what your IQ was. Nobody cared what to, where you went to school or what you aspired to be. It was just what you looked like in a bathing suit. Now, maybe uh, Summer Rose is a very talented, intelligent, stripper. That's young That's a stripper woman. name, first it of is, all. Can we is. point that out? It is, yeah. But maybe she's a talented, intelligent young woman. Maybe she is. Sure. This was a bonehead move. And it, we keep coming back to these instances of these pageant people or the pageants themselves having these issues. And it's, it's a no-win for anybody. So why are we still doing this? I'd rather not talk about it because it doesn't exist than talk about it because Miss Nebraska turned Miss USA accidentally said something racist or at least you could maybe say it was racist or someone could. But it's it's such a fabric of America as far as these pageants go to be crowned Miss Dayton or to be crowned, you know, you know, I was Miss Cincinnati or I was Miss Junior USA or it's just I mean, you've seen this culture. It is a very much put your daughter up on a pedestal. Look at what my daughter is nowadays. So that's never going to go away because there will always, always be people who want to be put in front of a crowd, who want to be the most popular person. So if you're competing to be Miss Nebraska, if you're competing to be Miss USA. Hey, there's always radio. uh, These girls could always go into radio. That's true. But then you're not seen. And these girls are people that want to be seen. So television then. There you go. Yes. Miss USA will always be put out front and be put on the spot, quite frankly. But you also have to understand, you know, where you are in the world today as far as what social media is and everything that you say, whether it's in print, whether it's on video, will get sent out and mass produced as far as retweeted and videos and and all this. You're never going to be able to escape, even if something as innocent in this, because I completely understand what she said. What she was trying to say. Right, but... I can see, though, how people could take that and be like, oh, what do you mean by that? What, what, is, it, what is it adding? What, how is this adding to the fabric of our culture? What does, I mean, honestly, what, is, what does social media in general add to the culture? Nothing. There's, I, it, to me, I find more uh, just, quite frankly, BS on the Internet as far as Twitters and your Instagram go because it's pictures of like people taking pictures of their self or look at look at my fabulous life isn't this awesome check and out that's, this smoothie i had yes and that's basically yeah. what miss usa is is like look how beautiful these women are like i'm not looking at this if i have a daughter one day i'm not going to use the miss usa or pageants of any sort to be like this is how you should measure your worth in america or this is how you should uh, strive to be I mean, quite frankly, I would I would rather like steer them towards sports as opposed to pageants. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's you know, I think it's probably healthier from a self image standpoint than having a bunch of judges just decide if you are valuable or not because you were able to twirl a baton and walk properly on stage. Yeah, I think it's a lot better. <laughs> but but at the same time, I do understand that this is supposed to be a scholarship pageant but is it i never honestly i never really knew that i thought it really? was just more or less just like a man that's the that's the like line they've been selling for, no they've been selling that line for the last 10 years trying to distance themselves from the beauty pageant aspect of it huh so you learn something new every day i'm just you know it's i mean to me it's just basically an exploitation of of women more or less i know people who do pageants and stuff like that might say no 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 this is a competition You'll never sell me on that fact. Nor I. But when are we going to stop apologizing for things that didn't need to happen? 
it just seems like that's the road we're going down. And as yeah. we go from as we go from Miss USA, coming up just after five o'clock, how nudity can be healthier for you. That's a good yeah, yeah. A good I'll, segue. Yeah, that's a good bridge, right? We'll there. discuss that coming up just after five on seven hundred WLW. <laughs> Festive. I really can't say. 700 WLW, Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott. This song was actually pulled from a Cleveland radio station because it was deemed, uh, uh, I guess what? It was, uh, it was controversial because of the Me Too movement. Oh, I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, I listen to the song and this is another situation where you can hear it. But come on, that's not why the song was put out there. No, of course not. Cleveland's just soft. I think that's what it is. That's the real answer. Here at 700, we're not afraid to play these offensive songs. That'll probably get misconstrued, too. Mm -hmm. Have you, uh, speaking of the holidays, do you send out cards or do any of that stuff? I always wanted to be that person. (laughs) But But, I never get there. But the darkness inside kept you from it. You know what? I actually have three boxes of Christmas cards that I've never sent out uh, to anyone with the intention of sending them out but i don't have anybody's address anymore you have to ask people for their address nowadays because you don't or or at least i do i don't know any addresses offhand and here's the thing that's another thing if you send a christmas card to somebody and they don't celebrate christmas are they gonna uh, like i can't believe rachel sent me this christmas card how dare she yeah yeah so are we, man, as a society now, are we moving towards everything is just going to have to be down the middle and neutral, including the holidays? You know, I'm going to take that stance that, you know, I just didn't want to offend anybody. So I didn't send out not the Christmas lazy. card. Okay. Yeah, I'm not lazy. I, it wasn't that I don't know where to buy stamps. No, it was because I didn't want to offend anyone. That's why I didn't send out Christmas cards. Well, I just, I do the, uh, the text. You just go through your contacts. That doesn't count. Why doesn't it count? It just doesn't. Happy holidays. Text. Done. Text all. Happy holidays. That's what they do in management here. It's an email all. Just wanted to say we appreciate your hard work and we, uh, we've we noticed. Happy holidays. Yeah, they're not. They also are not wasting money on stamps. No, it's just an email. Exactly. That's what I mean. They're not going to do that. There is an interesting... Christmas card related note in the news though. What? The royal family sent out all of their Christmas cards and they have released these to the public. All of the Christmas cards are not holiday themed. And this is stirring up controversy about whether or not this is ruining a Christmas tradition because <sighs> there isn't mistletoe or something or holly. I don't know. So I don't get Here's the thing. First off, I don't get Christmas cards where you basically a lot of people I know do this, take a picture of their family in front of a fireplace or some sort of festive background. And then it's like, you know, thinking of you during that, whatever it is. And then they just send them out. Like I just got a, a text message from a friend of mine. She was like, what's your address? So I already know what that's going to entail. It's going to be like, Oh, here's my family. I'm like, I've seen your family. You've sent me pictures of your family. I don't need another picture of your family to, because uh, you know what ends up happening? You throw away the I, card. I literally yeah. end up throwing them all away. And that's weird. I think that's weird. I always feel a little guilty doing it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dropping what are you, you know, holding my, on little, to? my baby cousin's cute picture in the trash. Yeah. Because I don't want that clutter in my life. I that really you could, don't. You could have that clutter on your phone with no stamps or no paper, just 
Send me a picture of. I get to s- swipe left and delete. It's amazing. I used to get I used to get pictures of my godson from uh, Connecticut all the time in the mail, and I, I finally just ended up telling her. I was like, "Listen, you don't have to send me these pictures. I don't have enough frames to keep up with all the pictures that you are sending me. Feel free to text them to me. They can stay on my phone. It's not that I'm not proud of my godson and I can't show people on my phone. I'm not going to invite people over my house, give them the tour, and be like, oh. This is my godson section of the tour that you'll notice here. <laughs> he, here's the wall dedicated to my godson. Yeah, that's a little weird. Mm. On the phone right now, we have Kyle, who says he has the roots of the word holiday. Kyle, are you there? Hey, how you guys doing this evening? Good. Good. How are you doing? Doing very well. I was just, uh, I was just hearing you guys talk about, you know, a holiday cards and Christmas cards, and have, as a society, have we come to a point where, you know, we're still afraid to offend people? And I know as of lately, you know, a lot of people like to say happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. Right. And I find it to be very ironic because the root word for holiday is Holy Day, which would be what Christmas is all about. And I just find it very ironic that that is what, as a society, we have turned to for a quote-unquote, you know, uh, all-inclusive type type statement. But it's still the root of holiday is Holy Day. Kyle, you just ruined it. Now nobody's going to say happy holidays either. They're going to say, "Hey, have uh, a good day. Enjoy the holiday of your or enjoy. You can't the, say holiday. Enjoy the day of your choosing around the winter solstice." I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I say Merry Christmas. That's what I believe. If you if you're offended by that, yes, because I mean, half of that is Christ. Don't you bring Christ into my life? <laughs> no, I don't know. Just that, just a quick uh, food for thought. No big deal. All right, Thanks, Kyle. Guys. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Kyle. Well, that's true though. Because a lot of people, I think, throw the word holiday out there because, let's face it, not a lot of people are doing their research when they start saying these things like, uh, you know, it's there's a holiday all the time. There's a holiday throughout the year as far as, you know, what days you get off for. Like, that's what people call it overseas. It's like, are you taking holiday? Are you taking vacation? But overseas, they don't get easily as offended as we do here. When someone says one word, they want to stop you in mid-sentence like, well, you know what that word means and where it comes from. I just want to celebrate National Puppy Day. That's all. That should be a day off. Why isn't that a day off? Nobody could well, be offended is, well, by that. Well, nobody's and offended by... And if you want by... to take National Cat Day off, you go for it. I don't want National Cat Day. No, you and I Not would take National fan. Puppy Day off. National, like, National Nachos Day. I'm That's on board for too. that. I don't think anybody would argue that. National Pizza Day. I don't. Well, you are of a of a gluten intolerant. But nature. they do make gluten free pizza, so I am not offended. Okay, so I you're can, on board I for that. I can partake in my own way. Well, I think when it comes back down to it, when you're talking about you know people sending out you know Christmas cards or whatever kind of cards, you just don't send them. Because because here's the thing: now you're getting to the point where, well, I can't believe so and so didn't send me a card. Do they? What did I do wrong? That's rude. You know, I actually get around having to send cards by never giving anyone my address. So if you don't get any cards, you don't have to send any cards, right? No, that's true because now you're getting – do you have to send a thank you card for sending me a card? No. I mean I was on board with not sending out thank you cards after uh, after my wedding. Why? You can't do that. Why? You cannot do you that. You already knew – you were coming to the wedding. It's not about that. It's about giving. It's about saying thank you for the present they got you. Guess what I gave them? A free meal and free booze in an open bar. That's my thank you. Thank you. It's a trade-off. That's all it simply is. You are basically paying admission to this event by dropping off a gift, whether it be a toaster or a skillet. For that skillet, you get an all-you-can-eat buffet and an open bar. 
no more transactions need to take place because guess what? You're you're basically reiterating the fact. Of, okay, we're gonna have to. No. That's an arrangement that's already been taken care of. Is what I'm saying. That no, that is not. You, that is not. That's how sending cards. You out. are supposed to send thank you cards even within 48 hours of the end of the event. What? Why? Yes, For what? Because that is that is the proper who, polite who, thing to do. Who decided that? Uh, what's, uh, it's not Dear Abby, it's the other one. The one that's Miss Manners. She put out a book and she said that that's you have to That's from like do... 1922. It's still relevant. No, in regards I'm telling to you, if you, if you gave me a skillet for admission into my wedding, guess what you got back? You got the meal and you got an open bar there. It's over with. The transaction has been made. There's no reason to go back and say, thank you for your thank you. I disagree, but. The benefits of nudity coming up on 700 WLW. It's always good to have good stuff on your resume, though, right? It's I, an attention getter. Yeah. Oh, if, if I see that come across my desk, I'm like, oh, you have a nice. You're going to take another look. Absolutely. <laughs> see how well that worked out for me? And you're also involved with a place called Caliente Spa and Resorts. So today you're going to tell us about the benefits of clothing optional. There are so many. All right. Well, let's start with the best benefit that you have found in uh, your experience with this. The feeling of complete acceptance in the skin you are in. I feel like right now in my life, um, I'm married, Rachel is still single, that I still have uh, good nudity going on. And I'm sure you understand what good nudity and bad nudity is. There is both, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, and what I mean by that is my wife, I can still walk around with maybe my shirt off and my wife doesn't look at me and question her life choices. Well, that's good for you. Yes, definitely. Well, good for both <laughs> of us, I would think. The thing about the nudist lifestyle and the resorts and such are when you're not at your peak, it's okay for them to peak because nobody cares when you're in that environment. All body shapes are really okay, whatever. It's all just relax and stop worrying about it. On the phone with us right now, Deb Bowen. She's a clothing optional expert talking with us today. Definitely in an atmosphere like yours, I think people are very uh, understanding of what they're getting in for. But from the people that are on the outside looking in, there's a lot of stigma, I think, involved in nudity. The first thing that comes to mind, Rachel, is probably like, it's it's a giant orgy. People are just everywhere having sex with one another. Yeah, Deb, uh, kind of pull back the curtain on the actual nudist lifestyle, what you could expect coming to one of your resorts where nudity is accepted. Well, you are correct. That is the number one problem that the, the nudist industry has is when people have never experienced any kind of nudity, first of all, other than in their own home. But I've been very fortunate working for Caliente Resort that I get to give tours of our resort to a lot of newbies or greenies, people who have never been, pardon the pun, exposed to the nudist lifestyle. And they all have the same concerns and the same questions. Um, on, I'm sure on the way to the resort, but they're always very worried about, oh, my God, what happens if I stare? Are people going to think badly of me? So the good thing is I like to tell them, first of all, we understand that you're human. Humans do look. Humans do, look, you know, giggle. When Absolutely. They see things that make them nervous or uncomfortable. Nobody cares. Nobody's worried about that. We know that you're new, and it's just part of the human nature. So what I do is I take them out and put them by the pool, and I get them their first cocktail, and I say, just relax and enjoy yourself. You don't have to get naked. That's another thing. It's a beautiful clothing optional lifestyle versus nudist lifestyle. See, now you brought up you brought up a beverage or, you know, alcohol, I would think, which probably eases people 
into a situation like that where they're well, clothing it would, optional. It would be the, the beverage of their choice. Right. Well, and that's an interesting um, an interesting thing about this is that there is a difference. And I didn't even realize that until you just said it, that clothing optional varies from nudist. Absolutely. There's actually three. What's the third? The naturist or naturalist. Oh, Oh. do tell. They don't want to be naked. They don't want to shave their armpits or they don't want to, you know, conform to anything. They're going to be as God made them. They're naturists. Oh, Deb, that's that's where I would have to draw the line. (laughs) Good for you. That's the resort I'm not going to. You do you. (laughs) The second is nudist. Right. And that is an environment where you are encouraged strongly to be completely nude. And the third would be your clothing optionalist, where you're allowed to dress at your own comfort level. So the good thing about it is nobody cares what you wear, what you don't wear. Dress at your comfort level. A lot of women are more comfortable just going topless. Deb Bowen is on the phone with us. She is a clothing optional expert. Yeah, I feel like that women do that a lot more often, whether they're sunbathing, uh, you know, or something like that. Because I actually have been to a, uh, they call it the European section of some of the pools. Yeah, some of the pools in Vegas where nudity is completely acceptable. And you go in, and for a hot second, I'm sure your eyes are darting all over the place. But after a while, it's not like this giant, you know, sex romp you think it is when people are just, you know, walking around topless or whatever. It's just, it's completely normal. Exactly. And that's the response I get when I go back to check on the couple. Hey, you've been here for a while. Um, What do you think? And and they always generally say in one form or another that uh, they were so concerned about how they were going to react and, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And the wow factor came in when they realized after they'd been sitting there and they were so comfortable that they got naked or topless or whatever, that it was completely normal. It was completely natural. And the wow factor came when they realized they were not as shocked as they expected to be. Getting back to the health benefits of being naked, what are some of the ones that um, you've found have been most helpful for people that are going to a clothing optional resort? Sleeping. If you get such better, deeper, more relaxing sleep. I agree with that. that I, I, I do too. 100%. Yes. And you got to have good sheets, though. You can't have. Right. You can't have the scratchy sheets because yeah. that just brings well, you really to the forefront. Deb Bowen on the phone with us right now. She is a lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Now, I'm wondering at some of these resorts. Now, humor me, if you will, because this is what I was thinking of going through my mind, because a lot of resorts that you go to have activities, whether it's something as cheesy as a limbo contest or volleyball. volleyball. Now, (laughs) do you have these activities, but while in the nudist colonies, I guess you could say? I'm so excited to hear that you're a volleyball guy, because volleyball is like one of the number one sports at nudist resorts or clothing option resorts. Oh, wow. (laughs) Caliente has two pools specifically for water volleyball, Mm. and two courts specifically for sand volleyball with teams that come there to compete. Oh, wow. So you're going to fit right in. Yeah, when are you booking your vacation, Sean? Well, here's the thing, though, (laughs) Rachel, and I think uh, you women should probably think about this more so than guys because we're basically, you know, SUVs of nudity. We just don't care how we run our bodies into the dirt. But sand volleyball, I would think, Deb, back me up on this, it's in a lot of places that sand is just, it always finds its way there. That, that to me, would be a little, mm. Well, it even does with your bathing suit on because True. 
it does not block everything out. No, it so does not. All you do is you go in the pool, you pull your bathing suit aside, and you swish around, the sand's gone. It's so different. <laughs> the beautiful thing. Am I right? You're, no, you're 100% right. Anything that you would do at any resort in Vegas, Miami, California, you would find at Caliente. We have a fitness gym. We have aerobics classes. We have a spa. We have tennis courts and volleyball courts. All this is still nude, Deb. All these activities you're mentioning is clothing option. As nude as you want to be. Now, Deb, when you were uh, giving your example of showing people around the resort, you mentioned a couple. Is that who typically goes to the resort? Is it couples or singles allowed? Is it discouraged? Let's say a van or a bus of single guys. Right, like a bachelor party. Exactly. That would never happen. That That's would never good to know. That, that makes but we do allow single guys and single girls, like I said, because they're all looking for someone else with similar interests. Deb Bowen, who's on the phone with us right now, a lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Do you get, um, like, celebrities that come down and do this sort of thing? Absolutely. Oh, are you allowed to mention celebrities? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you really think they'd want me to tell you? Well, I mean, like you said, some of them might be very upfront about it and not embarrassed about it as far well, as that goes or just would, private. But our policy and the nudist industry's policy is privacy. That's true. Because believe me, we get police officers, we get judges, we get teachers, we get doctors, we get famous people. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that they don't mind going is because we're able to ensure their privacy. Now, I was now when it comes to famous people is let's say you've got all the Kardashian women down there. I mean, I would think that would be people would gawk a lot more than just if normal people were standing around just because of their celebrity. Probably would post it on Twitter that they were there, so I wouldn't have to worry about telling anybody. That's true, too. Now, I have a question. (laughs) How does your cell phone policy work? Because it is uh, a clothing optional environment. How are you making sure that other guests that are at your resort that possibly don't want to be photographed in that state aren't photographed? Well, you do. uh, There are postings everywhere. We do have uh, security that keeps an eye on our resort all day, every day, 24 hours a day, day and night around the pool. It's kind of obvious when you're taking photographs. We do reserve the right to see what's in your phone. If we suspect that you could be taking photographs of guests, and if you refuse to show that, then uh, someone would be called to come out, and you would have to hand it over to an officer, and they would look through it and find out. Well, you guys seem to run a tight ship. That's for sure. Which is Deb. great yeah. because it is it yeah, is a, an environment where you're kind of you're putting yourself all out there, literally. Yeah. Sure. So it's good that you have the that kind of backup and security with uh, the resort. Well, Deb, I, Deb, I tell you what, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We've definitely learned a lot. That's Deb Bowen, lifestyle and clothing optional expert. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I mind. Like, I'm like, wow, volleyball and limbo contesting and things like that in sand, mind you, would be very awkward to watch. For me personally, it's bad enough with a swimsuit on. I couldn't imagine. I don't think it's just as simple as just jumping in a pool and shaking around, as she puts it. No. Hmm. We'll fix something else here. Coming up next, fixing halftime at the Super Bowl on 700 WLW. Seven hundred WLW. Rachel Elliott, Sean Kelly, Greta Van Fleet nominated. I think for best new rock band, probably should win. 
I know they sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. That's the big argument about it. But good music is good music. I think it was better the first time around. Now, as we say, we were talking about fixing the halftime show. If you could get Zeppelin back together and put Greta Van Fleet on the stage with Zeppelin at the halftime show, I think that's a huge win. But apparently right now, uh, as it stands, obviously, Maroon 5 is playing the halftime show. And nobody wants to play with them. Which I think is ridiculous because they're a good band. Well, it's not about them necessarily. It's more about all the controversy surrounding the NFL right now. Yeah. So nobody wants to be part of it. And the NFL itself doesn't want to use any country acts, which I think is lame on their part. Yeah, that's why would because so many country acts have crossed over anyway. So the lines are blurred as far as that goes musically, I think. I, I don't understand how that would offend people that didn't necessarily listen to country music because you have a lot of rock acts not everybody listens to rock music no and um uh, one of my least favorite and don't don't get mad at me one of my least favorite half times was bruno mars what i know everybody loved it i just thought it was so vanilla he's a phenomenal performer it was boring what were you watching bruno mars uh, well okay fine what was your favorite one you know i really really liked Britney Spears oh, with God. Aerosmith and oh, NSYNC. God. I did. Stop but, it. But I liked Lady Gaga, too. There was a lot going on. In both of those performances, even if you don't like Britney or Aerosmith or NSYNC. I don't. I don't. I don't. There was so much going on. There's so much going on. It was an iconic performance. I like The Who. Iconic? Yes. No, The Who was an iconic performance. But but Britney was, too. No, no you can't even put those How on dare the you? same level. How dare you, sir? <sighs> That, but you know what? That seems to be when the NFL gets behind acts like that, like the Who, Tom Petty, the Stones did it one year, Prince did it one year. Like those are the ones that people seem to resonate with as far as like, oh, that was a good show. I mean, unless you go all the way back to, you know, the, the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson controversy that started everything. That, so that ruined that broadcasting. Ruined, that ruined everything. For everyone. <laughs> that ruined everything. Yeah, basically. But. If you're with Maroon 5, that's fine because it seems to be the formula. Put multiple bands, you know, into an act, and that way everybody kind of gets what they want. Unless you were like Queen B, as they call her one year, Destiny's Child. I believe The Who, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they perform just The Who? It was just them. They didn't have anybody else with them. You don't need to share the stage with The Who. When The Who hits the stage... That's all you need. You don't need to mix it in with anybody. That's all she wrote, folks. That's And it was perfect. Like with Kiss. You put Kiss on the stage, you don't need anybody mixed in with Kiss. But that seems to be like, when you have an iconic band like that, you're like, all right, everybody knows who the Who is. Everybody knows who the Stones are. Everybody knows who Prince is. Madonna. But when you're talking Aerosmith, which surprises me that they had Britney Spears, but that was probably the point. Like, oh, there's a surprise. Personally, for me, I was like, eh, whatever. But Bruno Mars, with his, as well as I think they are as a band, I'm surprised that more people don't want to play with them controversy or not. I think it's still good for your brand as an artist to be involved with. You're just playing it's a halftime most, show. It's the most watched event in broadcast. Right. All eyes are on you. That? All eyes are on you at that point. Where's the downside? Like I, do, do people like sit back and go, well, I'm not going to buy another Maroon five album because they're associated with the NFL. I wouldn't imagine doing that, but I've never bought a Maroon five album. 
Adam, Adam, Adam's not uh, doing it for you. Adam, Adam Levine doesn't not do it for me. What? No. No. All the ladies like that guy. You're just having a shock moment after. Shock. I am. Yeah, I'm like, no. he's, he's tattooed. That checks off on one of your boxes. It does. Right. But, but he's strong like, jawline. But he's like kind of the metro tattooed. I'm more lumberjack tattooed. Like, what do you mean lumberjack tattooed? I'd like a guy that knows how to split wood with an axe. I'm sure it was. Maroon 5 does not look like a band that knows how to split wood with axes, okay? That's just not my flavor. So basically, you've only described Zach Wilde and Black Label Society would be your ideal Viking. He's awesome. Your Viking man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Which, the man bun, the half man bun. Yeah, with well, the full beard, yeah. All right. Would you think it would be, do you think it would be a bad idea to put Ozzy? At the halftime I show, I think you know. I think Ozzy would be cool, but I don't think that would resonate with a lot of people. I I love Alice Cooper. I think Alice Cooper puts on a great show. If you're going to go that classic rock genre, you know that's he he still puts on an amazing sh- tour almost every year. So, but he's not going to pull in people to the halftime show. I mean, me. I, I understand that's what it is. It's going to be a draw at halftime because a lot of other networks are starting to do things at halftime. Because people are becoming, I guess, bored with the halftime shows with the Super Bowl to go someplace else. Why don't you do that? Why don't you have a, uh, just a whatever it's about web hits or whatever? You have a website. You want to get a lot of hits on it during halftime at the Super Bowl. Have Ozzy perform a special 15, 20-minute show just for people that are you know, going to be subscribed to your website. I'd still rather just see them put on some sort of country act, which they refuse to do. Bring the village people back. No, people would tune in for that. It's not going to do it. Why? It's just not going to do it. I, YMCA, In the Navy, all huge hits. I don't know what I you're talking about. I want to know what about. the people think. Well, you can participate from home, 1-800-843-2441 or pound 700 on your AT&T. Help us fix the Super Bowl coming up after news on 700 WLW. It's 700 WLW. Rachel Elliott, Sean Kelly. Debating your halftime show for the Super Bowl. This year it'll be uh, Maroon 5. Apparently nobody wants to play with them. I don't know why. Probably Adam Levine's extreme uh, good-looking facial features. Guy's got a chiseled face. I'd kill for that. He does. I wonder if he'll play shirtless. Sometimes he does that. Sure, why not? He's got a, hey, he's done his workout. Got to use it while you got it. That's what I say. I don't I'm still I'm still like not picturing why cuz it seems like every other woman on planet earth is like yes Adam Levine is just my type nope. Rit, rich and ripped He seems arrogant Does I he not I think you have to be though if you're a frontman for a band right Perhaps but I'm not into arrogant guys I like nice guys Don't look at me like oh that Oh my god Steinman nearly fell over back there. All right, let's uh, uh, get to your calls here. 749-7000. Sam, how are we fixing the Super Bowl halftime show? Hey, let's get Metallica to play. I would watch that. I think a lot of people, I, here's the I, thing. I, I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would watch that too as well. I would love to see Metallica. If not that, how about an old rock legend like Bob Seger? Oh, I would Bob, Bob Seger, Seger in the yeah. Silver Bullet Band. He still pulls him in. But Sam, let's go back to your Metallica thing because what I, I want to say it was either the Music Awards, the American Music Awards last year, or the Grammys when they had Metallica with Lady Gaga play, and all of a sudden you had two genres coming together, two different worlds colliding. But it actually came out uh, amazing. I th- Sam, I think that's a great idea. 
And, and you know, Lady Gaga didn't really do too bad with Metallica. She kind of flubbed up a little bit, but she didn't really do too bad. So. Look at that. Sam, you have just fixed the halftime show for the Super Bowl. Nice job. Thank you. And you know what? I, I saw Metallica at Comerica Park. So they can play to a stadium that size and do a very good job in terms of the staging, the lighting, oh, yeah, the absolutely. presentation. Because that's part of it. You have to be extra and be able to make a, a spectacle at the 50-yard line. And they well, would be able to do it. And the amount of hits that they have, the medley that they would go through in a, you know, whatever, 15 to 20-minute show. I mean, even I think men and women can both relate to the Metallica Black album as far as all the hits that came off there, they could go into something I think is as deep and as hard as probably Injustice for All. Um, but they would have to definitely, I think, you know, you could rinse and repeat that process. Just bring Lady Gaga on stage. You'd have to open with Air Sandman if you were a Metallica. Oh, I think so, definitely. I could see all, all the yes. jumbotrons just, I mean, that would be an amazing spectacle to see. Who would you like to see? In my... I mean, wild streams. You don't have to. Foo Fighters know. done. You don't need yeah. anybody else on stage. And it is kind of surprising that they haven't done it yet. Well, they're and they're starting to do a lot more, a lot more festivals that you're lining up. Because when I saw them, I think it was last last year October when they were in Cincinnati. I mean, they went three hours strong. Obviously, they have a huge catalog that they could play to. And like you said, David Grohl's a fun guy. I think a lot of people just like the Foo Fighters in, in general. I don't really think anybody's going to look at them because here's the thing. They're not going to take a political stance on stage, so you're not having to worry about, what if they say something? They're not. They're just out there to play their music, you know, get on and get off stage and have a good time. If you if you were the booker for the Super Bowl, Rachel, and I know you said country, you know, country artists, like who are you going to put there? I think ideally I would like to see somebody like Keith Urban. Because here's the thing, if you got uh, somebody that had, let's say, comes from a strong guitar background like Keith, you could get someone else up there that was more of a pop singer, almost uh, Ariana Grande or somebody else, uh, like they did with Metallica and Lady Gaga, put the two together and make something really cool because he could also act as a backup guitarist, quote unquote, to somebody in addition it, that's what they did with uh, Britney and Aerosmith. Not to Quit go back bringing to... that back up. Britney's backup po- band was you're Aerosmith. You're not going to polish that turd for me. I'm telling you that right now. But And here's another thing, like, to take you behind the curtain on how a lot of this stuff works. There's a lot of radio um, rep execs involved in this with their labels. As far as, you know, wow, we really need to push this new album, so let's get her or get him out there as far as the artist goes. Like, I know the new Justin Timberlake album was released, did not do well at all. Wouldn't surprise me his if all- name was talk- uh, he, right. Yeah, he was, his name was tossed around. It but I don't know if he wants to do it just because he he's did. done it already. He's, he did it once with Janet Jackson. And he already did it. Uh, was it last year? I want to say or a couple years ago. He's he's done it recently as well. So it, it's a case of of that too. Like I get it that ooh, this would be a great band and be a perfect situation. But there's also some politics involved as far as new albums and you know this artist needing a puss or it's a good time to you know put them out there because they're going to be that, in a yeah, new movie and or that's, something and that's why they pushed lady gaga because they were filming her documentary at that time oh that's right and it ends the the, right. the documentary ends it's no giveaway that it ends at the super bowl and her super bowl performance and everything that leads up to it um so the, obviously the nfl knew that they were going to be a good 
you know, 15 yeah, minutes of her more, documentary. Yeah, this isn't, you know, a random act of, you know, music that goes on. There's a lot of, like, uh, I guess, front selling that goes along with this. Glenn, how are we going to fix the Super Bowl? I tell you what, guys, I um, listened to the uh, show, and I agree with you, Mark. Rachel, when you play, what would you say, New Kids on the Block and who else? It was in sync. It was in sync. Yeah, it was in sync. Well, I, I didn't even know they were still a group. Well, they're not I mean, anymore. But they, okay. that, that well, would I'll work. Say this. I, I know Enter the Sandman by Metallica. I know nothing about the Foo Fighters. I, I think I've probably heard probably one of their top 50 songs. But, Mark, I think about we. how about a couple of years ago, or maybe it's longer than a couple of years ago, and that's how I got hip to them. <laughs> there used to be a mashup with Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Yes, there I was. I remember that, that album. Like, yep, that, that was really good, man. Well, the problem is uh, with that Linkin Park, and Glenn, thank you very much for your phone call, is that Chester Bennington is no longer with us, so you would not have that Linkin Park aspect, obviously, if you put them both up there. Did he call me Mark, Simon? That's I all think, right. Well, you used I've to work people, with Mark. I've so. had people call me worse. That's true. Um, but here's the thing. When it comes down to it, you know, that check is still going to cash from Maroon 5, so it's not like people are going to say, well, I don't want to see Maroon 5. We're going to yank him from the lineup. I mean, that's just not going to happen. I mean, Maroon 5 is going to play the Super Bowl. Now it's a matter of if if the NFL feels like that this isn't a big enough draw, that's when they're going to start putting, you know, other bands, obviously, that they're going to drop them in with. Well, I just, you know. Who com- I, so at this point, you would probably say who compliments Maroon 5 the best? Cardi B, because they have the song oh, with her already. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's probably going to happen anyway. I didn't even think about that. Well, they haven't announced her, and all they've said is that – and I don't think Maroon 5 is an iconic enough band to, I on agree. their own – they're not the who. No. By no. any means. Well, no, I, no offense to any Maroon 5 fans out there. Okay, let me, get, let me get Scott here in. Scott, uh, where are you at? There you are. Scott, how are we fixing the halftime show for the Super Bowl? My vote's Kanye. That guy's out of his mind. If you want, if you want ratings, put that mutant out there. <laughs> he's going to do, he's gonna, he's gonna do something or say something out of, the, out of this world or do something crazy. If you want ratings, you put, that, you put Kanye out there. That's, That's probably true. true. Yeah. That's true. Scott, thank you very much. Because then, I mean, I think you could take a Kanye, and I think you could still put, I still think you could put him with a Maroon 5, but there's your icon you talk about because love him or hate him, this is a guy who's always being talked about. He is, and I think he kind of uh, transcends generations. You know, y- young people and Bill Cunningham himself know Kanye. I mean, you that have is to- weird to think about Cunningham talking about Kanye West. He though. absolutely knows Kanye. He knows about Kanye and what Kanye talks about and what Kanye does. And and if you know, so that's somebody that can kind of cross generational gaps and perform for everybody. Will is the only guy in the building too that could afford Kanye's shoes, the the Yeezys. He might have a pair. You you have been dressing him as of late, from what I understand, it, trying to bring him up to speed in, it, in fashion. Myself and the judge are trying to steer him in the right direction. The judge actually like helps pay for it, but um, I I why is to... the judge paying for his stuff? Well, she uses Willie's money. But, ah, okay. But she so she is she swipes the card so that he because do, he doesn't know he's actually paying for his clothes until afterwards. All right, coming up next, we'll just uh, we'll wrap the show up. It's uh, Sean Kelly, Rachel Elliott, with you on seven hundred WLW. Seven hundred WLW, Sean Kelly, uh, Rachel Elliott with you till six. Chick stepping in. Uh, 
up at 6 o'clock. Trying to fix uh, the Super Bowl, which, by the way, if you're keeping count at home, 49 days, 22 hours, 38 minutes, and 10 seconds away, which will be at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium down in Atlanta. Real quick, we got time for one call with Mark. How are we going to fix the halftime Super Bowl? I don't know. Do Dre. Dre? As in Dr. Dr. Dre? Dr. Dre, absolutely. Take Come it. on. Now he does... put out M. You know, he's got 50. You right. Know, he... okay. so, so are you Dre saying Eminem with Dre? Would you or would? No. Yeah. Dre. Okay. Whatever, whatever Dre puts out there. Hey, I'm 62 years old. I remember when EDN came on stage. So I've been with, with it all, all the way along the way. You're a long timer. good. Absolutely. You got to have Dre... Snoop up there, too, then. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Come on. All right. So you got. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Mark. Thanks. So you got Snoop Dogg and you got Dre in a closed stadium. So basically equating to the largest hot boxing in history. Now, I have seen uh, Snoop Dogg in concert. It was at Bunbury. I believe it was at Bunbury one year. Yeah. And uh, that was at. uh, That's obviously an open venue down by the river. Still, probably got contact high. Oh, easily. Managed somehow in the very back because I knew better than to go up front. Put Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and 50 all in one room. Now, I don't think that would ever happen, but in an ideal world, I think that would be an amazing spectacle. Can we talk about how you just asked Steinman where the Super Bowl was going to be? Listen. And you have three... Internet devices Listen, in front of you. You have a phone, you have a computer, and you have another computer. And I, you asked Simon. I have a lot going on. I didn't, I wasn't sure. A lot going on. I'm trying to look up other things. Uh-huh. Doing last minute shopping too for Christmas while I'm in here. The same. That's the, that's the easy way to do that. All right, uh, Matt. We're going to do a segment here. It's called Wrap It Up. So we've got five, uh, five uh, polarizing questions. To wrap up tonight's uh, show with Matt. So go ahead. Here's what's the first one. Jason Momoa, good actor or just good looking? Oh, you know what? I really like to gaze upon his figure, <laughs> as Willie would say. <laughs> now, his new movie, Aquaman, will be coming out uh, right. next week. Now, hey, I have watched everything. Literally everything Jason Momoa's ever done. Uh-huh. I'm sure uh, you have. Yeah. Red, I think it was uh, Red Road was one. Uh, Frontier. That's on Netflix. Okay. The Canadian series Frontier. Yeah, I've. I am a fan of Jason Momoa, but really, that's so hard to believe. I know, amazing, right? My yeah. my wife uh, Matt has never <laughs> ever once wanted to because I love the Marvel. I love the Marvel universe and the DC universe as far as when it hits the big screen. So I'm going to see Aquaman when it hits, just because it looks like a good movie. You know, I'm not going for that, but all of a sudden. Now she's on board because Jason Momoa is basically wet and shirtless the entire time. They knew what they were doing when they made this movie, okay? They weren't playing. (laughs) Now, has your wife ever gone to the other movies with you? She's gone to Deadpool, I think, with me. See, that's a a pretty good movie. See, Ryan Seacrest shirtless. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is usually shirtless in that movie. Oh, that was an iHeart plug. I'm starting to see. (laughs) I'm starting to see a trend here. Shirtless superheroes. She will go to movies with. Hmm. Write that down. All right. Next question, Matt. After dealing for Tanner Rourke during the winter meetings, are the Reds finished making deals? Well, I mean, never say never, but I don't think they've traded the right people. I mean, to me, to get out from under the contract, I don't know how it's going to work. 
I mean, Homer Bailey's name has been put out there so many times, which I still think he has some value out there. I just don't think anybody's going to bite, and the Reds haven't done a really big name. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, since you brought, like, when you had Scott Rowland come over, you had, I mean, Griffey Jr. obviously was a huge name. I mean, they just don't seem to move big names around anymore. I don't know if uh, it will be a big deal with trades, but I do believe some big moves will be made before the end of the year. But do you think it'll make it like a big enough move to make a difference as far as the season goes? If it involves pitching, yes. Okay. Because anything is better than what we've got going on now. That's true. That's true. It's the final home game of the season for our Cincinnati Bengals. The attendance over under 30,000. Ooh. Under. I'm going to go over. Of course you are. uh, No, not because I'm a homer or anything like that. Uh Because it's going to be sunny. It's going to be 50 plus degrees outside. And last time I checked... There is beer at Paul Brown Stadium. So, also, mouse species around the concession stand. That's so. it, see? It not, has nothing to do with the beer. No, of course not. Just because ESPN reports that, beer, well, I don't care. You could probably put a mouse in a draft beer, and there will still be guys out there that will be like, is, are you at a discount on that? They'll drink that beer. And the possibility of them winning is huge. Don't forget, playoff run starts tomorrow. If the Bengals playoff go eight, run. If the Bengals go Who eight and first? eight... <laughs> The Bengals go 8-8, eight and eight and basically the entire NFL takes the rest of the season off. They will be in the playoffs. Okay. Jennifer Anderson, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston told Ellen that she watches TV while in the nude. What do you do in the nude? Sean? <laughs> well, um, nap? That's... Well, here's the thing. I, listen, no. No, trust me. Like, when you first get out of the shower... And you're just like, well, I could do something, you know, constructive, or I could just take a nap. Taking a nap just after you get out of the shower is absolutely amazing. That's some of the best sleep I think I've ever had is doing the nap right after I get out of the shower. I have to dry my hair after I get out of the shower. Otherwise, I look like a poodle. So I don't know this. (laughs) I don't know this kind of lifestyle you lead. You You don't do anything in the nude? No, no, no. I, um, I would say probably the weirdest thing is clean. Really? Now here's the, yeah here's the thing. Steinman's like mm, interesting. Um, I I uh, I'm very pale, so I get spray tans. Okay. And the spray tan is sticky, and so you can't wear clothes right after you get the spray tan, or it ruins the tan. So I clean when I get home from tanning because I can't really do much of anything else. Question. Uh, sure. How do you get from tanning salon? home fully clothed then. You, you have to wear baggy clothes so it doesn't touch as much you have to let it dry at this the at the salon yeah this is this is a whole thing are you sure you wanted to go into this well i'm just saying yeah, they, okay. they spray you you dry and then you put your loose fitting clothes on and you go home and then you know how long that, does this last i like to try to not put clothing back on at least tight clothing back on for an hour yeah, because I, I like my tans to last, you know. That's the point in doing it if it's not going to last, right? Sure, sure. Very should've, interesting. Should have ended with that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, real quick, if you weren't on the radio, what would be your dream job? Ooh. I was I was actually looking this up today as far as the – Do you, you have something know? to tell us, Sean? Yes. <laughs> I would love to be – I would love to compete in the long drive competitions for golf. I thought, now listen <laughs> – 
This uh, you're going to nothing but you know probably fairly warm places on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You're making I think anywhere from like a five to a ten thousand dollar purse at each one. If you win. I don't know if you can win four or five a year at your sponsorships and stuff as well. I think you could do well. I mean, you're not going to make a million dollars doing it, but I would think that would be just an e. I mean, you're basically wearing golf clothes as your work clothes. Okay. What would yours be? Uh, I was a, I was also a makeup artist uh, for a makeup company while I was in college, and that was really awesome to be able to make women feel very pretty and feel good about themselves all the time. That was your job, and so I would go back to that. Oh, that's so heartwarming, Isn't Rachel. it, though? I want to make people feel good inside and that warm feel feeling. Feel happy and pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Empowering other women. All right. Well, well it was a, a, once again a pleasure working with you. We'll be back next weekend. Yes, we will. Mark my words. Playoff run starts tomorrow for the Bengals. Chick stepping in next on 700 WLW.